That's what you call a rebound cold. What's going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, a podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to let it rock more and suck less. Very congested in Atlanta, huh. Georgia. I am Adam Johnson. Not feeling too bad in Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm Dan Ray. So if you've been keeping track with the uh, the episodes, I was kind of cruddy sounding the week before was pretty okay last week. And now I'm back. Not sure exactly what's going on. This has actually been a very challenging episode to record because our normal night, I uh, I just, I wasn't there. I just could not, yeah. could not. So we, uh, we've had to move some stuff around, but I've got some decongestants and some cough drops and hopefully you won't have to hear me sniff and cough the entire episode like you did two weeks ago. Yeah. And you're riding the mute button. Oh yeah. Big time. So, uh, how are you doing, Dan? Not bad. <clears throat> Not bad at all. My throat's a little, uh, now that we're saying I'm congested, I, I noticed that I'm <clears throat> a little bit <clears throat> happening, but that's just morning. It's just morning for me. I'm drinking coffee instead of the other things I normally drink when we podcast. So that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. I've got a, got a new karaoke night happening tomorrow at a new venue that I played at with the three piece version of the band in October for their, um, first anniversary party and, and had a great time. Band was great. And place was great so it'll be fun um and then uh acoustic um sunday afternoon hang at pig pounder so that'll be good it'll be good if uh if my crew turns out for the karaoke that may become a regular weekly up there again so nice. so yeah it's exciting it's exciting what you got going on so uh no gigs to speak of the next thing i've got coming up is a solo acoustic thing but the initial guitar boys uh, rehearsal was supposed to happen today is getting pushed out a week just because school stuff you know we are in the it, at least in our area we're having a, a heat issue mm. and so uh, a lot of schedules are getting moved around and from last week we were talking about hey maybe you need to look at the things that you may have not been keeping tabs on that was definitely very real and relatable for me mm. uh, because i had a couple of dates that i thought were at least penciled in come back and say hey we didn't quite get the confirmation yet and so uh, we lost a couple of dates there that mm. uh, just due to me not following up. So lesson learned. There you go. Also, the Friday the 13th, October thing is still happening potentially, but it's, it's, it's kind of fluid. They want to look at other dates. I'm assuming they've got some conflicts. So we're trying to figure out what that's all about. Of course, I have to now change up the branding, uh, but I've got some, some good workarounds that still hit the spoopy threshold that uh, we're looking for, but still Good. are locked in the eighties kind of vibe. So that's kind of where I'm at. I've been talking about doing this rig rundown for, I don't know, a month and a half now. <laughs> I probably need to, once I, once my voice clears up, I'll, I'll, I'll get that out of the way because I'm, I'm just tired of staring at this HX stops like sitting on my desk. So one of these days I'll, I'll get around to it. But other than that, just working on some other stuff and prepping for this rehearsal so that we can, make sure that when things kind of start picking back up, which it seems like they are, uh, we're getting a lot of holiday party inquiries and some karaoke stuff. So we need to make sure that we've got all these songs down good and tight for those prospective gigs. So that's where we're at. Nice. All right. I think it's time for a review. And um, because you are somewhat on the struggle bus, I'll take it from you. Please, by all means. Yeah. I might need a little input on how to pronounce this person's name because this uh, review comes from, from Apple Podcast Denmark. Wow. Gives me a very that might be a first. deeply huge feeling. Those of you who know, know. Indeed. Yeah. Um, and I think the name is like Mikila Hansen. Mikhi I was going to say, if if we were going to Anglicanize <coughs> it, it's Michael Johansson. Michael Johansson. Michael Johansson. I see, I see the Joel. Yes, I lost that earlier. It was all run together. But I bet it's Michael Johansson. That's probably right. Good. 
Thank you. Good. And here's what he says, straight, straight to the point. Best podcast ever. The most relatable and valuable podcast for performing cover musicians. Five-star review from Denmark. Awesome. Thank you. Nice and clean. Yeah. So big thanks to Michael or Mickle or Mikkel. however you pronounce yes. that. If, <clears throat> if you do hear this, please reach out, coverbandconfidentialgmail.com. Let's find out how to pronounce them. We'll tell you about it next week there you go. On, the, uh, on the pod. Yeah. All right. So let's do a couple of updates. We have officially wrapped the listener survey. Big thanks to everybody who filled that out. How many like entries do we end up getting? Uh, I don't have the exact number. It's in the forties. Very nice. So yeah, uh, yeah, not. I small. mean, that's a it's of a percentage. It is uh, a respectable one. Yeah. And so uh, we will be <clears throat> digging through that data and gleaning uh, a few things. Now, one thing that definitely stood out is we did get a lot of people who said they really enjoy the band coaching episodes. Yep. And in the conversations around that, we are going to change the way that we we operate. Typically, in order to get a coaching session, you either had to pay us hourly to like hop on a call. We weren't necessarily doing them for content where we were just doing them for these musicians. Or you could join uh, one of the higher tiers of the Patreon for a couple of months and then we would do it for the show. What we've decided to do is actually eliminate that patron level mm -hmm. and open it up to everybody. So for bands that are interested, there's going to be a link to a form in the show notes of this episode. And you or anybody in your band can go in, fill that out. And our aim at some point would be to do probably a coaching session a month and just kind of have it as like the third episode of every month is going to be a coaching session. It gives us an opportunity to connect with you guys directly and for you as our listeners to get that kind of information from other bands uh, all over, hopefully the world. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe we'll get to talk with, yeah. <laughs> some of our Dane friends. So that is something that we're going to go ahead and start. So if you're interested, please check out the show notes, fill out the form, and uh, hopefully we can we can get that going. Yep. Yeah, I love it because it, it leans us toward the kind of content that you've said you want from us. And um, it lowers the barrier to entry on that kind of session with us. And I, it's just all around a good thing. The other thing that jumped out, and Adam, you and I haven't really touched base on this, but it was a really common thing that the kind of interview people want from us is talk with bookers talk with yep. people who, you know, hire bands and find out what they're into and what they want from us and uh, to really understand that world. So um, heard loud and clear, we will be digging into that too. So once again, if you filled out the form, thank you so much. And, and you know what, we'll, we'll go and put the link for the survey in this uh, episode's show notes as well, in case sure. uh, you intended to and forgot. It hasn't so, gone away. It's in, just, we're shifting. Yeah, we're gears. just not necessarily advertising for it. Yeah. So uh, by all means, fill that out and uh, let us know what we can do to make the show better for you guys. Beautiful. Okay. Okay. So this week's topic is compliments of Dan. Now, for those of you who don't know, he and I had been working on this system that leverages data to help you guys come up with song selection. It's called Setlister AI. And it was a, a product that... Uh, a lot of folks were using and then we had to pull it off because of some other reasons. But in the process of revamping this system, Dan kind of stumbled into an interesting situation that uh, we feel is super compelling and relevant to you guys. And so we just wanted to talk about it. Yep. So I'll let Dan take it from here. All right, cool. Well, um, the history of this thing is I built it pre-pandemic. For those of you who don't know, when I'm not doing music, I do software. I'm in product now, but 20 something years climbing the ladder of software engineering. And so um, I was thinking about how do I mine the data in the billboard charts 
so that I can find that tune that like, you know, that moment when you play it and the whole room's like, oh, I haven't, I loved this song when I was 18 and I haven't heard it in 20 years. Oh, you know, like that moment is so delicious and there's, there's gems hiding in that data. So I built a screen scraper. It's what I built. Um, it's legal now. The Supreme Court has said. And so I did. I built a, a thing that scraped the billboard chart all the way back to the beginning of it, 1958, and put it on a dashboard that is searchable and viewable and sortable and quite nice, I think. Then around the first of this year, billboard changed the shape of the page and it broke my scraper. And I, I recently realized that in fact, when that scraper was running, it was taking over the whole machine because it was just couldn't find anything and it kept trying and was all bad. So I've taken it down. It's no longer live in production. So I brought it in-house, stood it up on my home server and rebuilt the data ingestion around an AI screen scraping platform called Browse AI, which is great. Had to bump to the paid version to get enough tokens to use, but it was worth it because I was able to backfill everything from the beginning of this year up till now. And one thing we need to makes this a little complicated to talk about is I have it on my screen right now. I'm recording it for our post onto YouTube of this episode. I'm sharing it with Adam. But those of you on the podcast, you can only hear us talking about it. So we're going to do our best to like not say, hey, look at that and not say what we're looking at. <laughs> it's complicated yeah. to be talking to an audience that can both see and not see. But the whole thing, including the the visual of what we're talking about, will all be on the YouTube. And so um, you can go there for details. Yeah, this may be one that you need to actually watch. Yeah, it could be. All right. So I have it up here and I'm looking at the chart for this week, the chart for the week of August uh, 26th. The chart comes out on Tuesdays, but it's for the week of the Saturday. And so one thing that I noticed as I looked at my graph of the history of every song in this week's chart. So the, the week is here and we are um, looking at the trajectory. I mean, there I go right here. <laughs> so there is a graph on this that shows you the history of every song within this week's chart. And one that showed up interestingly is this song Blank Space by Taylor Swift, which came out in January of 2015 and had a whole arc on the chart, left the chart at number 50 and it's suddenly back. It's back this week and it's something like 49 this week. Yeah, there we go. And that's not the only time that I've seen songs do that on this chart. Sometimes songs go away for many years and come back and there's some question about why. The other thing that I really started to notice is traditionally a song has a certain kind of shape of its time on the chart. And one we were looking at before we hit the record button is Ain't It Fun by Paramore. So those of you watching on the YouTube, I've now searched up Ain't It Fun. And just describe here the arc that it took on the chart was from March of 2014 to August of 2014, five months, give or take. Started at 96, went up and peaked in the teens, 10, 10 to 12 to 13, dropped off the chart August 23rd at rank 49. And that kind of nice sort of crescent arc that's really well depicted here by Ain't It Fun is really common. If you go back on the chart 10 years, 15 years, that's every song does that. They start low, they come up to where they peak and they drop off. Really, if you, you know, the chart for a week years back, I'm just going to pull one up here from 2003, let's say. If you look at every song on that chart has that same arc. They start low, they earn their place, they drop off. Some of them stick around for a long time. Some that you know, some that you don't. Crazy in Love by Beyonce is the one I'm looking at right now. Happens to be the week of uh, 2023, 2003, pardon me. 2003. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so each of those has this nice sort of curved arc, starts low, climbs high, falls off. Sometime in early 2020, there was a song that broke all of that. First one I can find, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. And if we look at its chart, it came on the charts at number 11, 
dipped over the holidays because these days, all this holiday music pushes everything down for a few weeks during, during late December, early January, climbed back up and rode one, two, three, four, and then kind of fell into the teens after that. But the whole arc of blinding lights by the weekend is over a year and a half. Yeah. And it's the first song I found that really like came out high, started high, stayed high, had this very straight line trajectory across the top of the chart. And there's one reason why that song did that. What is that reason, Adam? Oh, Dan, that reason is TikTok. Exactly. What we're looking at is the impact. Here's the bottom line of it. The impact of social media virality on the movement of songs on the billboard charts. And these days, this pattern is what you see. If we take a look at, so we're back again to the chart for this week. I can zoom this chart in and ignore some of those really long tail ones. So let's just do that. If I just look at the last few weeks on this chart, you'll see that essentially there are three or four songs that have fully sucked up all the attention at the top of the chart for months and months and months. The last few months, it's all about Last Night by Morgan Wallen. It's all about Flowers by Miley Cyrus. Kill Bill, SZA has been up there a little earlier in the summer. Calm Down, Rima and Selena Gomez. And the thing I asked Adam about this this tune last night, Morgan Wallen, do you know that song? Uh, yeah, and I've never heard it. Yeah, and it's been number one on the chart for 16 weeks. Yeah, well, TikTok knows it, <laughs> knows it really well. What? Well, and I think that's what it boils down to is is you could just say, well, you're old and you don't <laughs> listen to the radio, right. so maybe that's why. Right. But you had a really great anecdotal example of how this kind of situation can be an issue when you are playing out. Yeah. So tell them all about this. Well, uh, this last night, this situation. tune here, last night by Morgan Wallen, is a it's it's a pretty cool tune. It's got a really kind of interesting, groovy acoustic guitar riff that is the heart of it. And uh, and I learned it. I learned it. I was like, this song's it's crushing. I I gotta you know clearly it's a signal that I need to learn this song, get it out there. And I played it a couple of times acoustic and the room just blinked at me. Like literally nobody knew this song and it's been on the top of the chart for 16 weeks. In fact, um, I didn't show you this earlier, but if we go search by songs that have been number one, so I'm searching right now for songs that have been number one, at least once. And if I sort by weeks at number one, look, there's last night. It's the fourth longest run of number one in billboard history. Period. Period. Number one is Old Town Road. Little Nas X. Number two is Despacito. One Sweet Day by Mariah Carey and Boys to Men from 95 was number one for 16 weeks. I don't remember that one. I don't know if anyone does. But after last night, it's I Got a Feeling, Black Eyed Peas, Uptown Funk, Macarena. I mean, stuff that kind of belongs there. And and here's this song that nobody knows. And it's the fourth longest streak of number one Billboard weeks in Billboard history. Yeah. So that really tells you there's something really different going on than has been historically the case on the billboard charts. Well, and the thing that we have really found is that there's multiple examples of this particular long tail kind of song. And the virality of that song is a hundred percent the through line. Yep. So here's an example that is just like a perfect illustration of this is running up that hill by Kate Bush. Never hit number one. So there's a distinction for this one. The distinction is that when they release the songs, they release them under different titles. Mm-hmm. So you can, we actually have the ability to watch the chart performance of both songs in the era that they were launched. Yep. And it is the perfect contrast yep. between the two, the two systems. So for those of you who so, aren't looking at the screen here in the 
eighties, it was brought out on the name running up that hill. And in the two, in 2020, it was brought out on the name running up that hill parenthesis, a deal with God. So we can literally look at the chart history of those two songs, looking at the eighties version. Yeah, it follows our arc. It comes out at 95, peaked around 30 and dropped off at 99. And that whole thing was essentially Q4 of 85, right? It's three months, give or take. Yeah, August till January. Yep. The one that came out in 2022 <laughs> opened at eight, stayed at the top of the charts. It hit number three at its peak and it left the chart at 45. And again, that was a shortish run. It was only June to October. So similar kind of time frame, but- you can definitely see a difference between the shapes of these two songs. Now, if I pull up Kate Bush's overall history, you can see all of her other tunes that ever charted, and none of them got super high. Running Up That Hill was her, her highest charting one. It peaked at 30 uh, in the 80s. <laughs> peaked yeah. at peaked at four in 2022. But the shape of them is just very, very different. Yeah, another one that we were looking at was Stay by Justin Bieber and Kid Leroy. And the the interesting thing is, is looking at Justin Bieber's chart history in general yeah. is fascinating because because he's kind of been in the game for as long as he has while still delivering these these high charting songs you can see the change yeah and in his case it looks like it it kind of starts maybe a bit earlier maybe than, the, the thing is than, you know someone with clout the lead track on the album they drop is going to come out high anyway no matter what they don't but, have to but, like earlier in his career his songs all had to find their way to the chart they had to fight their way up that's not the case for him anymore but we look at Later ones like Stay happening now, like Ghost, which was on the charts until just recently, they both have this sort of long tail phenomenon. But the one that really kind of fits the thing that we're talking about is Stay. And Stay had, again, it had a very viral TikTok deal. Yep. There was this one guy who figured out the DJI drones have this automated flight pattern that will like fly around you. Mm -hmm. And he would go up onto a hill in LA and do this kind of goofy dance. And once that one took off, everybody started doing it. Yep. And so he was doing them with Bella Porch and he was doing it with like all of these other celebrities and, and TikTok stars. And it had this whole, like, it was this whole thing for months and months and months. And it's a perfect example of the difference between traditional pop songs on the charts and the TikTokification of uh, popular music. Yeah, exactly. So what's the impact of all this? Well, couple of things. Anyone trying to use the billboard to mine for songs, like I started this whole section talking about how valuable it was for that, you're going to get into trouble starting around 2020. It's going to start to mean less and less. A song performing high on the chart doesn't mean what it used to. It doesn't mean that an audience is going to connect with it. It doesn't mean anything like that. You know, we did Beggin' by Maniskin. Again, a song that was huge on TikTok for a while. Just one little section of it. And yeah. <laughs> I've been paying attention when we play that section, I do notice some parts of the room like, uh, oh, like there is a moment of recognition around that particular moment, but that doesn't mean they're connecting with the whole song. But I think another thing that you need to take into account is the audience that you're, you're playing towards. Mm -hmm. So in your case, if you're playing a solo acoustic show, but the clientele of that venue is kind of outside of the consumers of certain kinds of media, you're going to run into more challenges. Yeah with contemporary music because frankly there's just less of it available yeah and the way that people consume it has changed considerably that's right that's so right it's always important to consider the audience you know if you're playing a college town leveraging the trucks you're going to be better off because they are going to be a bit more receptive and are consuming the culture in in that particular way and it is it's generational you can call us boomers or set in our ways 
But um, it is just the reality of the situation that, you know, at some point, pop music is geared towards a, a certain group of people, and it's teenagers and people in their, in their 20s. And if you fall outside of that demographic, you just kind of have to be a bit more aware of where people are are consuming this, this music. Yeah, and I, I do kind of think that if you're going to be an act that's going to do current to the moment music, you got to keep an eye on the charts, but I don't think it means that much. I don't think it means as much as it used to. I think you do better keeping an ear out on serious radio Top hits one radio. or something, yep. you know, listening to, to something that's really out there. One thing to notice here is the song that is at the top of the chart this week is by an unknown, never heard of before musician, came out at number one, a song called Richmond, North of Richmond by Oliver and Anthony Music. And it's a fundamentally a political statement, this song. Yep. Uh, and there was one a few weeks ago that's fundamentally a political statement called Try That in a Small Town. But it does appear that political action groups have found a way to pop their message to the top of the chart. What I read about that is that the, both of those songs were powered there by a very unusual number of 99 cent downloads, which is an obsolete way to consume music, but still available and is more heavily weighted on the chart than anything else. So uh, I don't, if you want to call that AstroTurf or I don't know, it seems like, it seems to me like gaming of the chart for a statement, um, which is interesting. Yeah. I mean, I can see how, again, talking about virality, you know, when you have a, uh, a song that is controversial and people are are talking about it yes on social channels yep how those those are now able to kind of circumvent the normal means in which pop music is rated yep you bring up an interesting point where sales are the end all be all but because sales are so much smaller today yeah. than they were 15 20 years ago you can have 15,000 sales take a song to number one. Yep. Whereas like in the 90s, if your single sold 15,000 units in a single week, it was a flop. It was yeah. a failure. Yeah, it was noise. Now that's all it takes. Yeah, because it, to, it's, it's weighted so much heavily against streams. Right. Yep. Well, money talks. I mean, that's ultimately what people are looking at. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it does. And it's also, if you're, if you're talking about like a promotional campaign, $15,000 yeah. is a pretty small budget to get a song to number one. Exactly. It does. It does appear that we can now buy our way onto the chart. There you go. So, yep. The other side effect of all of this, just to, to back out of that political minefield, um, <laughs> is that there is now this phenomenon of some small group of songs sucking up all the oxygen at the top of the chart. There was a condition a couple of years ago, Drake brought out a, an album that had 20 tunes on it. They all hit the chart simultaneously the same week and the same 10. At one point he had the whole top 10 and for many, many weeks he had two thirds of it. And it was, it, you, you know, bit of it, Drake <laughs> could get on the chart. It was like, it was completely blocking the world. And so that means there's less mobility on the chart. There's less fluidity of things coming in and out. There's less content on it to even mine. That's another aspect of how this virality condition is is impacting the value of the chart as the kind of tool we want to use it for. Yeah, I mean, data is fascinating, and it allows us to kind of see things and see patterns in ways that we wouldn't normally be able to. Yep. And it doesn't necessarily change the way that we approach things, but it should be something to take into account when you are making those choices. And I think, like you had said earlier, paying more attention to what you're actually hearing out in the real world in meat space is probably the best determiner of what songs you should or should not be adding to your set list yep. at any given time. I come home from the grocery store with like two or three tunes I had to do. You just keep your ears open. I don't know where, where you're shopping because like, I feel like all you hear is Yacht Rock <laughs> out, out and about. Well, yeah. Maybe we should add some more ambrosia to our set list. Ooh, yeah. Let's do it. Why not? 
Well, thanks for bringing that up. You know, finding patterns and stuff and, and finding unique things to talk about. This was a topic when Dan brought it up. I was kind of like, I'm not, what, what, how does this work? But, you know, seeing kind of the whole picture of it, it, it is a fascinating piece of information to take into account when you're, when you're working in the world that we're working in. So yep. great job there. Hey, thank you. I, if this, like I say, this app that I built and have been demoing for the last little bit here is not currently live online anywhere, but if there's like clamoring for people to get into it, I'll, I'll put it back up, hit us up at uh, coverbankconfidential at gmail.com and let us know if you'd like this to be a thing that is available again. Fantastic. Cause it still has a ton of value looking back into the eighties, nineties, two thousand. I mean, even up until 2020, it, it, the, the chart is just full of great ideas. Yeah, absolutely. All right, folks. I think that's a good one to wrap up on. Thank you so much for your continued support. If you want to support the show, leave a review, or you can do any of the stuff that Mike's about to tell you right now. Otherwise, I'll just call it for this week. In Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Wright. You have listened to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast for the week of August 25th, 2023. Hey, everybody. It's Mike Schulte from the worst name band in America, the Pork Tornadoes. I listen and love this show, and apparently you do too, because you made it this far. No one makes it this far, but you did, which means that you owe Adam and Dan. This podcast is free and you consume it to its fullest. It's time to pay up. Here's three things you need to do. A, you have to leave them a review on your podcast platform. You're already in the app. Click five stars right now. Write some words. Done. While you're there, share this episode to a fellow musician. There's a share icon on your podcast app. Text it to him and say, you need to listen to this. You need to get better. You're not a good musician. This will help you. Two, you have to follow them on your social media platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Go find them and follow. And D, everything I just said is free and it's the least you can do, but here's where you can really support you. Join the Patreon. This is where you can actually support this podcast that you cherish so much. A small monthly donation gets you access to the Slack channel, which is the best place to be if you're a musician who wants to take your band to the next level. You have some of the best musicians giving advice and helping you out, and it's just a great overall community do it i'm serious do it now do all these things or else the pork tornadoes will come to your town book a show the same night as your band at a different bar i'm serious we'll do it 